talk about the, the kind of the New Year's resolutions that we fail at the most. You want to see what they are? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, All right, let's do yeah, it. I know what they are. Yes, because we prepped. <laughs> All right, improve mental health, improve fitness, lose weight, and improve our diets. Four of the top New Year's resolutions all have to do with health. Cool thing about the list this year, 2022, is that the top one was mental health. And Elaine, you are the executive director of Safe Harbor Counseling Center, so this has got to warm your heart. Yeah, it, absolutely. It just it feels so exciting to see so many people really seeing that mental health matters. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And we see that mental health is at the top, which really interplays, and we'll talk about this, it interplays with our mental health, our emotional health. We are you know, one being, we're not parts that are all over the place, physical, mental, spiritual, relational. We're one human being, and all of this interplays with each other. And so as we were discussing what we would talk about here this morning when it comes to the health resolutions or revamping our health, we each threw out one word in the initial text circle, right? Yeah. And Steve, your word was contentment. Contentment, yeah. I mean, this is stuff that I'm pretty into. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm up here probably. Yep, exactly, you know, but, exactly. But fighting for contentment where I am mm-hmm. is probably one of the hardest things. You know, it's, it's, I, you can get a little too driven. So when we talked about what we should think about, yeah, contentment came to mind yeah. and working from a place of contentment instead of thinking I'm going to achieve contentment once I get to such and such that right. can be very disappointing yeah. when you find yourself not content and you yeah. reached your goal. And so, yeah, and so it's content. something that's yeah. real to me. That's the first word that came to so my mind. So when it comes to health, your first word was contentment. And I thought, wow, that's interesting, and I, but I loved it. My first word was peace. When I think about health, I think of being at peace. That's a flourishing human being when you're at peace. And part of uh, being peaceful is being content for sure. Um, but it's just the mind at ease and the emotions at ease. There might be a lot of stuff going on and physically, mentally, and emotionally, but if we can be at peace, to me, that's a healthy, flourishing person. And then, Elaine, your word was balance. Yeah, balance is my word, and if you've ever been one of my clients, you know I say the word balance a million times. Yeah, I I really believe, you know, as humans, we really do, we're hardwired to want to thrive, to live our best lives, and we, but we live in this culture where it's constant messages of do better, be better, achieve more, and it it, it, and it can, it can really frustrate us. And, and what, one of the things that I talk with my clients a lot about is not getting stuck in that mode of perfectionism, but to really think about balance in each of those areas, that I'm attending to my physical health and my mental health and my spiritual health. And that is that more holistic um, approach yeah. that really does lend to health. And you and I were chatting just a couple hours ago, and, and you said it's kind of like uh, cooking dinner, which right. I don't. I microwave, you know, Trader Joe's rice. That's all I do. But <laughs> you explained what cooking kind of is, is you've got several burners maybe, and you've got your veggies over here and your meat over here and your potatoes or whatever. And, and there's, you know, there's different heat for different things, and then you've got to put something on the back burner and then work on this one. And, and so that's kind of like a holistic approach to health is that we want to be mentally healthy and spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy and physically healthy, but we can't do it all at once. And it's not about pursuing perfection at any one of those things, but we might notice in this season of life that maybe my physical health has gotten a little bit cold. Well, that's got to go to the front burner and turn the flame up and we're going to focus on that for a little bit. And then we might notice, well, our relationships are kind of going sideways and we need to invest there. And so just for us to understand that we are our complex creatures with a lot of different things going on in our bodies, in our heads, in our emotions. And, and we can't do it all at once, but we can do the next thing that heats up this part of our life to create that balance that you're talking about. 
And those things work together. I mean, that's what's yeah. interesting. When you think about the cooking, what you want is a dinner that has everything there ready yeah. to go. A not, meal. not that you're right. eating yeah. this and you're waiting for the right. potatoes to get done. Right. So it does work together. That's why I know so many men I work with, they go, man, where I feel like I can connect with God the most is when I'm on a walk. Interesting. Yeah. You're exercising. You're breathing in beautiful air, and you're in a time of prayer. Yeah. So it is about all those things working together, and sometimes, yeah, one gets off a little, so yeah. it's important. Yeah. And what's interesting about uh, what I'll call biblical anthropology is what, is the, what does the Bible say about the condition of, of man? The, it's very unifying. Uh, particularly in the Hebrew culture, there's not this idea of body, mind, soul, emotions as though they're scattered. The Hebrew mindset, which is our, the entirety of our Old Testament and most of our New Testament, is that we are one person, body, mind, soul, spirit. It, and it's all very much integrated. Uh, the Greek mind, the Western mind, which is where most of us reside, it's like, it's, it's dualistic at least. There's the body and the soul, but it can even go to emotions and relationships and you know, mental health. And we can kind of compartmentalize everything where we know that you know, science says, and the scripture has always said, that we're one integrated person and all of this relates with each other. I love 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May God himself, the God of peace, make you whole through and through. Isn't that cool? Whole, one, through and through. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept sound. When I read that, I thought that just was like, that, a peace came over me. It's like, yes, all of us thriving, all of us flourishing, a wholeness in everything visible and everything invisible. It's kind of a cool vision. You've been talking about how people you find looking at exercise and health, and when you talked about that earlier when we were chatting, yeah. it's the first thing you, you do oftentimes in a counseling. For sure, when, when you're a psychotherapist and someone comes in and talks about like, hey, I'm struggling, I'm feeling really depressed, or maybe I'm struggling with panic attacks and anxiety, one of the first things we will assess for is what's going on for this person physically? Like, are they exercising? Do they spend some time in fresh air? Do they um, have relaxation methods that they practice? And the reason, and their sleep and their diet and things like that, because it's so linked. In fact, I was kind of telling you guys that I have a friend who's a psychiatrist who said that you know, Elaine, if your clients can be moving their bodies to the point where they're sweating, right? They break a sweat, so some kind of exercise. If they're able to do that four to five times a week, they are doing the same thing because of the release of the endorphins. They're doing the same thing to their body as if we give them a mild antidepressant or anti-anxiety. So it just goes to show how moving our body, we're meant to move, and those things actually impact our, our mental health and soothe, soothe us, right? Yeah. Now, on the flip side, we also know that when I'm going through high stress or something very difficult, it's going to impact my body. Like I might have a migraine if I'm, like I'm going through something very stressful. Even tears. We have two tear ducts. So we have a tear duct that releases tears when there's allergens and dust in the, in the air. But we also have a tear duct that releases tears when our stress cortisol levels go up. And those tears actually have more protein, so they roll slower. 
down our face. That is strange. (laughs) Right? I mean, so God just wired us as integrated beings, right? Your body gives you data to know, hey, this is something that matters. There's a book or an article, or maybe I'm just a genius who made this up, but like the body doesn't lie, right? That's right. The body doesn't lie. So if your body is doing something, it's telling you something. What is happening in your mind? What's happening in your emotions that this body doesn't lie? So if you have slow rolling tears, your body is telling you, you need to work some things out in terms of your health and and work. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, All right. That's right. I'll read that one. I'll write the other one. I'll read that one. Yeah, but that, that just goes to show that we are one integrated, unified person. And so when it comes to health, we can immediately think, okay, well, that means exercise more and diet. But I've met some of the healthiest people on earth. I mean, truly, you meet somebody and they are like a ripped specimen and like 1% body fat, like, wow, you look like you have it all together. Yes, but my life and my head and my emotions are a total disaster. Like, that's not flourishing. That looks like health, but it, it's not. And in the same way, there could be someone who's really struggling physically, uh, yet they're striving for emotional health and well-being. And, and the goal would be a, a unified, holistic, balanced peace and, and contentment. And, and yeah. Steve, how do you see contentment kind of being a key to this? Because I, I, I love that point. Yeah, you know, uh, and contentment for me is, is a fight, right? But a big part of my physical and health journey is my dad. My dad passed away at 59. Uh, in January, I turned 56. So it seemed pretty old when he passed away. It doesn't seem quite as old now. And when I have family and my kids are the age I was, it, it matters to me uh, for my family and, and for my work and that I'm, that I'm healthy. But at the same time, I can get obsessed. I could get on Instagram and, and look at the workout apps and I wanna look at like that guy who might have be mentally just <laughs> so obsessed. And so contentment backing away, like trusting, trusting God in the midst of whatever journey I'm going to be on, however long I'm going to live, and, and keeping focused on that is something that's, that's really important to me. And I, got, I heard it once said that the Christian life's not a life of perfection, but a life of fighting. And being content is one of my fights. Being good today and, and working out of that goodness and completeness and contentment today, why I'm growing, like the journey, right? Not just the end result. Because one thing I found is when you hit a goal, sometimes that's when you stop doing the habits and you just go and you, okay, well, I got there. Now you go back. So we both have been reading a book that talked about that. Yeah, we were talking about the book. It's called Atomic Habits. And he talks about it as the process. So he kind of says, if you think about it, like if you have an athlete who, let's say you have a baseball player, Um, and they're really wanting to win those games. The problem is if that athlete really focuses on the scoreboard, then that's all it really is, is the, the, is the score. And so the goal is, is to the scoreboard or figure out itself. You have to fall in love with the process of being that athlete, of going to your practice and conditioning and working with the mindset. But we can look at that too as, as if you're not a professional athlete, that concept of it's not that I, Want to, if I just have the goal of reading the Bible in a year, well, at the end of the year, I'm gonna have read the Bible. But what if I fall in love with the process of making reading the Bible a part of my daily process? Or what if going to the gym is not about hitting that number on the scale, but it's about falling in love with caring for my body and what I feel like after that workout? 
You know, one of my favorite verses in Philippians chapter four, it's so famous when it comes to sports, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I could hit the golf ball further, which, you know, I, I can't, that's not going to work for me. But, <laughs> but what is Paul talking about? So in Philippians 4.12, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance. So the secret is like what you're saying, is that individual journey, the contentment today. And that's what Christ can give us. So we can put our focus on our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health, while at the same time, I think, experience today, which is the only day we have to really not let discontentment rule me. And but in sense, that I even have the ability to go to the gym or whatever to really find beauty in that. And it's, a, it's an important thing. It is. We can be content in the moment and not stressed about where I need to be in the future. Content in the moment, but still walk a process that we enjoy and love. And that really is a, the journey towards health and, and flourishing. So thank you, Steve. You've helped a ton of people. Thank you, Elaine. You helped so many through Safe Harbor. Let's thank them for their contribution to so many people's lives. And uh, it's such a, a great privilege to have such a team like this who helps a ton of people. So here we are talking about health. Final week of our revamp series, the final week of our New Year's series. We're talking about the subject that is very sensitive. This is very sensitive because a lot of us are weighed down by, let's say, comparisons, right? Social media always lifts up the standard of beauty and we just can never quite attain it. Social media lifts up a standard of, of wealth or happiness and people can post whatever life they like and we just feel that separation. Uh, people post you know, their bodies and their gym rats and we're just like, we've made so many commitments and, and have failed on so many commitments, we just kind of get reduced to frustration. And so we understand this is a sensitive topic. It's also a topic that's often avoided in church because of its sensitivity. Yet the Bible talks about our health, our flourishing in the internal things and the external things so much. So we're going to take a courageous look at this, and I promise you, you're going to leave today with some things that are really going to change your life. At least one thing you're going to leave here with, okay, I can do that. Not driven by guilt, not driven by shame, not driven by comparison, but at the deepest level, say, God, I can walk this journey of health. I can be content with where I'm at right now, and in that contentment, take one step forward towards being a healthier, whole person. Now, one of the things I have dealt with my whole life is my physique. I was a scrawny, scrawny kid. I still in my head consider myself to be kind of a scrawny kid in many ways. My, my youth was defined by how thin I was. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but uh, I used to wear thick, heavy winter coats all year in Southern California in August, because I didn't want people to see how skinny I was. And so in my head, I've always thought I've gotta get bigger. I've got to get bigger. So in a moment of um, determination, I bought on eBay a sweet 1974 Paramount gym set. And we're talking about the, the stack weight stuff, right? Where all the apparatus and bunches of stacks of weight and all kinds of cables and pulleys and this integrated deal. I mean, this thing probably weighs at least 1,500 pounds, maybe a lot more than that. So bought this on eBay for cheap. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get into this cheap I'm gonna get physically fit on the cheap, put it in the garage, and I'm gonna go for it, which I did. I mean, I pounded, pounded iron for 10 days-ish. <laughs> 11th day is like, uh, I'm tired, a little sore. You know, I'm super fit now after 10 days. I could give it a break. And then I wake up, nah, nah, I'll do a little, nah, and just kept putting it off. So here's what that weight set looks 
like right now in my garage, this is what it looks like. It basically is for boxes to be put on. That's kind of what it is. And yes, my garage is an absolute mess and I apologize and this is very embarrassing. But that's what it looks like. Let's get this off of the screen. Now, about three months ago, I thought, okay, like seriously, we're gonna get back in there. I, I'm not, I've had it for 15 years. I'm not gonna sell it because that would be a sign of total defeat. And I've had moments where I'm like, I'm getting into it, getting into it for a very short period of, period of time. Three months ago, I didn't tell anybody. I just like, I, I gotta do this. So I put the boxes off, dusted the thing down, and I did it. And first day, it just, you know, hurts. And then it got into a little bit of rhythm that I kind of backed off a little bit. Then no, I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna keep doing it. Take the boxes off because my wife keeps putting boxes on. So yesterday, I uh, had this conversation. I said, babe, you, you just keep putting boxes on my weight set. And she says, because you never use it. So why would I take, take boxes? Well, I've started to use it. When did you start to use it? About three months ago. Well, when do you do it? I don't see you doing that. Well, I'm trying to be, you know, keep it on the down low because I don't want to go through the shame of announcing I'm working out on this thing and then fail. And then, and she says, okay, well, you know, when did you start doing it? Three months ago. And when do you do it? Well, when you take Aubrey to school, I kind of secretly go in there and do a little bit of things. And she goes, wow, that's super hot. She didn't say that. It was in my mind. <clears throat> it's like, I know you're thinking that, which is my motivation. But uh, I have known from the very beginning that this would be a good thing. If I worked out, you know, a little cardio, a little weights, a little stretching, a little something, that this would be a good thing. Now, we all know everything we're going to talk about today is good. Not one of us is going to say, oh, I disagree. A better diet is terrible. Oh, I disagree. A little more working out is terrible. Oh, I disagree. Focusing on mental health is a bad thing. We're all going to say, yeah, these are all good things. Yet we fail so often at actually doing them. All of us, myself included. So here's a, a question. Why, why is it so hard to do something we absolutely know is good for us and will increase our longevity and quality of life? Why is it so hard to do something we absolutely know is good for us and will increase our longevity and quality of life? Everything we talk about today, yep, 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 I should be doing more of that. And we might make a commitment and then it might not work. And that's just normal. This is not the pile on guilt. I've lived this. We've all lived this. But why is it so hard to do something we know is so good? Here's a few reasons. And you'll go, oh yeah, this is obvious. Number one, it hurts. It hurts. I, I might have a little conversation with God in the afterlife. Why is getting healthy so painful? But it is painful. I mean, physiologically, it is painful. You, you know how to build more strength? By ripping your muscles apart, you're actually doing damage to your muscles. It, it, it damages your muscles. And when your muscles repair, they get a little stronger, a little bigger. That's the process. You want to get stronger, you have to damage your muscles. And then it repairs itself and makes it stronger. Flexibility happens when we stretch our muscle fibers. And when we stretch our muscle fibers, our body says, no, you can't do that. If you keep stretching, you're going to snap these ligaments. Ligaments aren't meant to stretch. So your body says, no, no, no. When those ligaments get stretched, your body contracts. You're not doing any of this. So we're trying to stretch and our body says, no, you can't do that. So it tightens up and that creates pain, right? Physiologically, to get healthier is painful. It is painful. So I bought a treadmill used, cheap. Thought, all right, I got the strength thing over there. One day I'll use that. But cardio, I got to get going on that too. So I bought a treadmill used and I thought, okay, you know, I'm never running in public. Never. You'll never see me working out in public ever. Not doing anything like that. But I get a treadmill, super cheap. And the treadmill kind of, you know, it, there's a motor. It does like 90% of the work for you, right? So yeah, I just be on it and whatever. And then it's got the spring-loaded thing. So I thought, okay, this is going to be good. 
I could say I ran three miles, but what happened is a motor went like this for three miles. So, but I'm gonna get started. <clears throat> After like a quarter mile on the thing, I'm like, this is, my lungs are getting on fire. I got a quarter mile. Sweat is dripping on this thing. And then about a half mile, it's like somebody stabbed me in my left hip. I'm like, how does this, how does this hurt so bad? At the end, like, I, I'm gonna show you my treadmill right now. Here's my treadmill. It wonderfully, wonderfully carries the hose of my pneumatic air compressor. And that, I'm telling you, it's like the air compressor hose and I get to work. And then on the other one, usually an extension cord. I use a lot, just pull the extension cord. That's what my treadmill does. I'm never using that thing. Never using that thing. It hurts way too much. The Apostle Paul basically said this. He says, listen, I'm keeping myself physically fit. He wrote half the New Testament. He's got to go all over the place and he got beat up a lot. He's got to be really physically fit. So here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I batter my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. That word he uses, battered, is to beat it up. He says, I beat up my body like an athlete. If you look at what some of these athletes do, some of these top tier NBA, NFL players, you see what they do to their bodies to injure themselves, to get healthier. It's like, you are beating yourself up. Um, my wife, God bless her. She does an hour of like hard cardio six days a week. And I look at her and I'm like, what? This, no way would I ever do that. I couldn't do that once. It's like you're abusing yourself, but she loves it. And for her, it's a good mental health thing. That's her thing. Not my thing at all. I'm not gonna batter my body like that. So I gotta do some other things. So here was my big <clears throat> revelation and you might have your own revelation at some point. I'm not doing what my wife does, no way. I'm not doing that treadmill. I may or may not keep going on this weight thing, but um, <clears throat> I hope to be able to report it sometime. I, I, it's now a part of my pattern. But um, what I do is I play golf every Friday. It's no secret. Go out with my buddies, play some golf, trash talk. It's just great. And we used to drive carts. And it's like, why am I driving a cart when I could walk this beautiful walk? And it's six miles. And you know, you're pushing a bag or carrying a bag. And so there's some, so we just decided to start walking. Because a lot of us are kind of getting to that age where we need to really start paying more attention to this stuff. And so we did. And I will tell you, the first few rounds of golf, you're you know, going six plus miles with these bags. It wasn't easy. My legs were kind of burning and lungs were kind of whatever. Now, several years later, it's just like that six mile walk is fun. Doesn't even feel like work. Find something that doesn't feel like work. Find something to move your body that doesn't feel like work. Pickleball's a big deal right now. Any pickleballers in here? All right. You can be proud. Just because the name is dumb doesn't mean that, you know, it's sweeping the nation. I started playing pickleball. And I'm like, I could do that for four hours and my heart rate's at this perfect deal, but I'm loving it, right? It doesn't feel like work. Find something that doesn't feel like work. Walk your dog if you love your dogs. If you don't love your dogs, don't walk them. Um, if you like... Uh, listening to books or podcasts, just throw those things in and walk during the course of a podcast. Your mind will be distracted. You're listening to this stuff, this book, this whatever fiction, and you're walking, walking, walking. You might walk two miles and not even know you did anything because you loved what you were experiencing, right? Find something you love that moves your body and, and do that, right? Now, I told my, my wife that, hey, listen, babe, big discovery. I play golf every Friday and, and we're walking now and, and uh, we're getting healthier and, and it's great, right? And so, for the betterment of our family, I think I need to walk more, right? I mean, that only makes sense. If you're walking six miles once a week, why not walk six miles twice a week, right? She says, yeah, she gives me that eye like you're giving me right now. So every once in a while, I'll say on a Saturday afternoon, hey, honey, I think I'm gonna go take a walk. Have fun golfing. Like, you know, that I walk. Find something that moves your body that you absolutely love doing and it won't hurt so much. 
Um, but listen, physical work is painful sometimes, but also the work in our mental health and our emotional health is also painful. Some of you know what I'm talking about. What we often do because we want to protect ourselves from pain is whatever emotional troubles we're dealing with, and it could be anxieties, it could be depressions, it could be abuse of the past, uh, it could be experiences that we haven't quite dealt with yet, it could be fears of the future. There's a lot going on in here. We're very complex creatures, but we don't want to feel the pain, so we just don't deal with it. We don't talk about it. We just, just keep moving on, just keep moving on. But that's not good. And so we find ourselves maybe sinking deeper in mental matters and emotional matters. And we might get snappy with our family or just be mad all the time or sad all the time. And, and sometimes to address that hurts, to take that step that says, you know what, I'm going to reveal something pretty vulnerable to a friend I trust. I'm going to make an appointment with a pastor and we're going to have you know, a little chat about this. I'm going to make an appointment with a therapist and, and we're finally going to be addressing what might be happening in my, in my mind and in my emotions. It's painful to, to walk the road of health. Proverbs 6.22 says, when you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. In other words, what the, 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 uh, the, the man of wisdom here is saying is, you need help, I need help, he needs help. To walk a road of health, mental health and emotional health, to have counselors around us, friends around us. But yes, the process of getting physically healthy, mentally and emotionally healthy hurts. We also avoid this because change is hard. It doesn't just hurt, but change is hard. This is the um, familiarity bias, right? Familiarity bias. We will always gravitate towards what we've always done. We will always gravitate toward what we have always done. Change is hard. If we've always eaten a certain amount of food, a certain amount of calories, if we've always eaten a certain amount of calories, we will always want to eat the same amount of calories. And if we try to back that up, I'm telling you when I cut out my bowl of cereal at 9.30 p.m. every night, my body was like saying, dude, you need cereal. Like, like cocaine, you need cereal. <laughs> but I, don't, I just want to cut that lump of calories out of my diet. I thought it was super simple. Just don't eat the cereal right before you go to bed. And my body was like shouting, you need that bowl of cereal. Then I wake up and I'm like, you're dying. My body was saying, you're dying because you didn't have that bowl of cereal. It is so hard. If we've always eaten a certain type of food, that's the familiarity bias. Our body just craves it and craves it and craves it. So good luck, right? If you try to cut out some sugar or some carbs, your body will say, you're killing me. You need that sugar. But, and, and so it's just that change is hard. If we've always moved the same amount, with our bodies, we moved the same amount year after year. When you start exercising or you start exercising a different set of muscles, your body's saying, you're killing yourself, man. Quit it. It's hard. Change is hard. If you've always dealt with life's problems and mental and emotional issues the same way year after year after year, if you're a stuffer, don't talk about it, don't talk about it. Believe me, when you start thinking, I've got to do something about what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, change is hard. Change is hard. One of our golfing buddies, we said, hey, listen, we're not riding anymore. We're walking. He says, no, I'm riding. We said, no, you're walking. He said, no, I'm riding. We said, no, you're walking. And he's like, I can't. If you looked at him, if he was standing right here, he's like a 30-something physically fit guy. You'd say, he'd be up here like telling you, but he was afraid to walk six miles. I won't have enough calories. I won't stay hydrated. I won't. So he worked a plan. He studied and researched a plan to walk one 18-round of golf, a whole round of golf. 
It's like, dude, you can do this. And he started doing it, started doing it. But change is really hard. So for him, it was tough. After about a month, all he does is walk. Change is hard, but it can result, result in some good things. Another reason why we don't make these changes we know are good is because the payoff is long-term. We love instant gratification, but when it comes to health, mental health, physical health, it's a long process, a journey like Stephen and Elaine were talking about. It's a journey, so the payoff is long-term. That's why supplements are um, so attractive, right? These supplements that promise instantaneous fixes, right? And so you'll hear a supplement commercial, you'll watch a supplement commercial, and they will imply that this supplement will treat, cure, or prevent some disease. Like, wow, just a pill? I don't have to get help. I don't have to change my diet. I don't have to, you know, just this pill's gonna do this? I, I'm, what I'm hearing you say is this is gonna treat, cure, prevent a disease. Then at the very end, this fast-talking announcer says, this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And then we buy it. They just told you what they said it does, it doesn't do. And then we buy it. Because that idea of a quick fix, instant gratification is so valuable to us, right? We will pay for just the promise that they told us doesn't work. Romans 12, 12 says this. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. What is the Apostle Paul saying? This takes time to walk a journey of, of thriving, flourishing, health, mind and body takes time. Joyful in hope that one day there will be a payoff. Patient in affliction. This hurts right now, but I'm going to be patient because there's a payoff down the road. Faithful in prayer. I'm going to keep praying and keep praying. And we're going to keep working through this and working through this faithfully because this takes time. The payoff is long term. That's where what Elaine says is just perfection. Like, love the journey of health. Love the process of health. Pursue health for the lifelong journey, not necessarily the immediate result. And that is incredibly difficult. But what I wanna do in our, our last few minutes together is not just talk about you know, the mental, physical stuff, but just to get a little bit to the core some deeper motivation that might allow us to say, you know what, this isn't, isn't gonna just be another commitment for physical health, mental health, emotional health, relational health. There's something that's gonna be sparked at the deepest level. So, so give me just a few more minutes. First, know what a masterpiece you are. Know what a masterpiece you are. When Steve talked about contentment, to me, this is the core of contentment. God, I am a flipping masterpiece. As Psalm 139 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The world might say I'm not good looking enough, that my body's not whatever enough, that I should be this or that, but look at this masterpiece that you are. And we try to, to celebrate this a lot because so many of us are down on ourselves and we don't love ourselves and we don't cherish ourselves because we've been told time and time again, you're not good enough, you don't look right, you're not fit enough, you don't have the right kind of vibe about you. We've been told we're not good enough so often and especially if you go to church, now you're told, well, you're a sinner and you're a wretch and you deserve God's condemnation. You're like, I oh, know I'm not perfect. You know, give me another one. Give me another one. <laughs> and so we don't think we're a big deal and we don't think we're a masterpiece. And so we don't really believe we deserve to thrive. We don't believe we deserve to flourish. We don't believe we deserve to feel good and to be healthy and to put a smile on our face and to feel good about ourselves. 
because we're beaten down from every corner, societally and especially religiously. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You have, again, the Apostle Paul, you can just kind of see it, is shaking these people that he loves very much. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? This body that we have, this holistic being that we are, everything visible and invisible is a gift of God. And in some mysterious way that I cannot possibly explain, the very presence of God lives in this body. This body is a gift of God, a treasure of God, and his presence is within us. We are an absolute masterpiece. Let me put it this way. God cherishes you, and he would really love it if you cherished yourself. God cherishes you, and he would really love it if you cherished yourself. To me, that's a deep motivation where you can say, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to to walk a journey of both contentment and increased health. I, I deserve to be able to think about who I you know, am and love it and what I wanna do going forward and I can enjoy the entire journey. Know what a masterpiece you are. Envision the health you deserve. Start to let your mind think about the future healthier you. What does the future healthier you look like when it comes to your emotional well-being? What does the future healthier you look like in terms of your mental well-being? What does the future healthier you look like in terms of your physical health? And start to imagine what that might be. I wanna caution you that that may not be something you see on Instagram, so be a little bit realistic. But just set little visions. You know what, I I think one day I wanna feel like this and I wanna think like this and maybe one day my body can be a little stronger and a little more flexible and my cardio can be a little better. Start allowing yourself to think about that. Here's a verse out of 3 John. Some of you are saying there's a 3 John. Yes, there's a 3 John. Never taught on it, never quoted a verse, but check this one out, it's good. Verse two. Dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Isn't that kind of cool? Once again, it's that unified body and spirit thing. We are one being and there's this vision to, to imagine what it might look like for you to be healthy in body and strong in spirit. So imagine yourself, envision yourself strong in spirit. I love 1 Timothy 4, 8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. In other words, imagine yourself spiritually strong where you are strong in the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're strong in the confidence that God loves me, end of story. God does not see my failures, end of story. God looks at me as his perfect daughter, his perfect son, end of story. That no matter what I do, God's love is absolutely there. And he is always for me and never against me. He is never trying to wreck my life. He is never condemning me. He's never ashamed of me. He loves me like a father loves a child in a perfect way. And that is who I am. Period. That's strong spiritually. Envision yourself mentally strong. Proverbs 12:25. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Mental strength is like physical strength. You can be stronger, but you are going to need help. I am firmly convinced that we cannot work our own way to mental strength. We've got to read things. We've got to have a community around us. We have to have a friend that we can trust and open up to. Uh, Maybe we need to see a pastor, we need to see a therapist to get our minds stronger. We need help. If your minds are full of worry and you think about the worst case, get some help, talk to some people. Your mind can be stronger. 
Envision yourself emotionally strong. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Now, I wanna be clear about this. Some people are just melancholy. We're all wired different. Some people are super bubbly and up here. It's like, okay, that's good for you. That's great. It's a good contribution to that. Not me. Some people are, are just more melancholy. They see things maybe more clearly. Uh, the founder of a Breakfast Club that we celebrated earlier, she saw what was happening in Ethiopia and she felt it and her heart broke and she had to do something. There's a place for that too. There, there's a place for, for seeing and, and grieving, but we can't be paralyzed by that. Some of the greatest contributors in human history have been the melancholy ones who see things clearly and feel things deeply and then do something about it, right? So this isn't to say if you're more melancholy that that's bad or you're broken, not at all. But not to be paralyzed by that, not to be dragged down by that. So envision an emotionally strong person. Envision a strong body. Uh, when I envision a strong body, believe me, my head cannot go to Chris Hemingsworth. It can't go to this guy behind me. He's my wife's favorite. My wife like brags about it. It's like, okay, get this off. It's like, I'm super jealous. I say to my wife, you didn't have to tell me Chris Hemingsworth was your favorite. Well. <laughs> but uh, when we envision a stronger body, maybe we're not envisioning that. I mean, that would just be paralyzing for me, right? But what I can envision is things like touching my toes. I haven't touched my toes since I was 16. I thought about, like really thought about showing you how far I could go towards touching my toes. I wrestled with this. Last ser service was like, cheer, yeah, that, stop. No, it's not, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, not gonna happen. I set boundaries in my life and it's not going to happen. I don't run in public, I don't touch my toes in public, but I'm just, but just envision it's really bad. I haven't touched my toes since I was 16. And so I'm envisioning, okay, well, what might it mean, you know, for, for me to get healthier? Well, I wanna to touch my toes. In 2023, I wanna to touch my toes. <laughs> the problem is, I, I've started this journey, and so um, just real quick, I, I like piping hot coffee, and I drink very slow. So I'm constantly microwaving my coffee for about three hours. I microwave that coffee, no joke, eight to 10 times a morning, right? I don't drink a lot, but that sucker's just getting nuked. 33 to 55 seconds every time, because I don't want to do three zero, it's too much work, three, three, go, you, you get it. So 33 seconds, 44 seconds, 55 seconds, and, and, and I've just been sitting there. Why not stretch? So I, for the last several months, I've just been stretching during those times and put my feet on the counter, I know it's gross. Put my feet on the counter and I stretch. The problem is I look like Nacho Libre, that's what I look like. A, a, few, a few mornings ago, it was early in the morning, like 5.30, and I'm doing this. And I looked over, looking like that, and again, I'm not gonna do it on this table. And I look over, and my wife is in the corner laughing at me. And she's like, what are you, she's like, what are you doing? Try, I was totally humiliated. I'm trying to touch my toes this year. She laughs again. This lady's keeping putting her palms on the ground, right? And so, so anyway, it was just kind of fun, but can we get this off? This is, uh... <laughs> but just pick a little thing. What, what do you envision, right? And get started with one small revamp. And here's how we're gonna close. Just get started with one small 
revamp today. You are a masterpiece. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to live with confidence. You deserve to be content. You deserve to be at peace. You deserve a balanced life. And so with all that confidence and with that sense of self-worth, can you do one small thing, maybe beginning today? You might bail out tomorrow, but you started today. And if you bail out tomorrow, start the next day. No guilt, no shame. Maybe reduce your calorie intake. I cut out that bowl of cereal, didn't replace it with anything. It was not easy, but I did it. Improve the quality of your calories. This is so easy. Little less sugar, few more veggies. That's, I mean, basically every article I read is like little less sugar, a little more veggies. Maybe you can improve the quality of your calories. Move a little more. Move a little more. Find something you love to do and do it. Walk around your block. Just do one next thing. Mental and emotional self-care. Find some solo time just to be at peace, at prayer, contentment, and gratitude. Unclutter your life. If you're too busy, say no to some things. Get some margin in your life. Make an appointment with a good friend and just be vulnerable, open, or a pastor, or a therapist. Work on your mental, emotional self-care. Just do one thing. Not all those. Just do one thing. And maybe right now, what is the one next thing I could do to walk a journey of contentment with great pleasure pursuing this vision of health? Let me pray. God, we thank you for this body you've given us as a gift. Thank you for this mind, these emotions, just the complexity of who we are as human beings. We thank you for it all. We do confess that we can get sidetracked very quickly by comparing ourselves, hearing voices uh, that might be judgmental or condemning, that we're not good, that we have failed, and that we don't deserve um, health. Would you allow us to be lifted up, to be confident in who you are and what you've done for us, to know how loved we are, proven through Jesus Christ, your son, and to take that next step towards health, thriving and flourishing the way you've designed us. In Jesus' name we pray.